are going to MCU Rewatch, your path to Avengers Endgame. I am your host, Mark Turcott, and on this episode, we are talking about Thor Ragnarok. And to join me in doing so, first up, my co-host, Mr. Paris Lilly. Paris, what's up, man? When I think of Thor Ragnarok, it, it is a lesson in how to take a character, which quite possibly was probably my least favorite character in the MCU, and by the time the credits rolled, he might just be my favorite character in the MCU. Amazing, wow. amazing movie. That Absolutely may be amazing. probably one of the best quotes, I think, from this episode, man, right there. That completely sums up Thor Ragnarok. I love that. That's awesome. And uh, our other co-host here, rounding out our trio, Swain. Swain, what's up, man? Man, I knew I loved Taika Waititi before this for his other work, but... <laughs> yeah. I was so pleasantly surprised at his take on a superhero film that I want him to do all of the superhero films going forward. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Really yes. good. Yes. Awesome. Awesome. Well, uh, Swain, do you got a plot summary for us for Thor Ragnarok for this episode? Uh, yes. Uh, the Revengers don't really get much revenge. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> they don't. Or, or the Revengers Age of Surter. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, where do you guys want to jump in here with Thor Ragnarok? I mean, Paris, let's kind of just, I think, hint or go with what you kind of said here in the beginning. I mean, Thor is one of those characters that if you go back to the last two episode, episodes that we did on the Thor movies, on, on the original Thor and, and on Dark World, um, you know, you could kind of hear, I think, the tone from the three of us that it was like, yeah, I think Swain out of the three of us, I think you actually liked him the most. But we were just kind of like, yeah, these movies are there, you know, and, and it's they're great. But Thor was just kind of one of those characters that they originally seemed to be making him somewhat of a serious character. And then it really wasn't until, what, probably Age of Ultron where that humor really started to come out. And I think they really latched onto it. And with Thor Ragnarok, they just took it to a whole new level. So, uh, I mean, what do you think, Swain? Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, I love <laughs> Thor before and you kind of get bits and pieces of the humor in Avengers, all the other Avengers movies. You kind of see how he could be elevated through that, mm -hmm. like that means. And then in Ragnarok, it's just like nonstop funny from start to finish. Like we had a viewing the other night of it and simply I must have Ragnarok probably one of the most watched uh, MCU movies in my house. Well, but see, when we had your wife Kellyanne, <laughs> didn't she say she, this is like her favorite movie or one of her yeah, favorites? Yeah. Like no, she watches it all the time. It is definitely one of our favorites. And we were, were just watching it again the other night. And uh, her brother was over and we we're like, okay, let's sell him on Thor Ragnarok because he had never seen it. And he probably wouldn't be able to stick around and watch it with us. So he watched the first five minutes and he was like, all right, I'm sold. Like, I'll watch this. When I get home. <laughs> um, it's that good from the beginning. You don't even really have to do much right from the jump. It's like, here's an awesome scene. It gives everything you like about Thor, the funny, the mm -hmm. action, the music, the everything. And you're like, yep, this is it. Like, I mean, the, the, the whole first, movie is like this. Yeah, the first five minutes of this movie, it just hits the ground running. And you know that this is a different Thor movie when he's hanging upside down on the chain. And, you know, who who's the character that he's, um, oh, I can't think, can't believe I can't think of his name, Surtur. Right. Isn't that yeah, his sir. name? Yeah. Yep. Is and he's talking to him and then he starts spinning. He's like, hold on, hold on. And, you know, he's slowly spinning on the chain. I just remember watching this in the theater and the whole audience is just dying laughing. And right there from the get go, they completely just set the tone for this movie. Um, it's fantastic. I mean, Paris, what are your thoughts here on Ragnarok, man? 
I mean, you guys are all saying, and, and just by the way, to break the fourth wall, I literally had an emergency happen. And I ran out of the room and came back when you guys were talking. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's like you're saying that at first five minutes, they just set up the, the the comedy that we were getting. It was like this completely different tone from what we were expecting in previous Thor movies. And it's so funny to me because it was like you got Taika Waititi to come in and he tapped into this gold mine that they had sitting there this entire time, which was Chris Hemsworth. Mm -hmm. He's freaking hilarious. He is. He's absolutely yeah. hilarious. He has great comedic timing. And like you said, the whole thing where he's with Surtur, he's like, hold on, hold on, come back around, come back around. <laughs> it's fantastic. And it was just the entire tone of the movie was very lighthearted. It was serious when it needed to be. But for the most part, I, I was howling. The entire movie, it was such a breath there's, of fresh air. I absolutely loved it. There's something to be said about how it could naturally evolve in the story of Thor mm -hmm. in the MCU and just being like, he's serious at first through the first two movies because, like, obviously those are a little bit more serious tone. But he spends a lot more time with Earth and right. the people of Earth. Yep. Yeah. And that's kind of like the humor there he like it starts to bleed into his personality because he is you know feeling that you know popularity of the earth like earthlings and being important there and kind of like just like having a even having a girlfriend from earth it, it definitely has a lot of uh that feel to it like he evolved through his interactions with earth yeah, and I think we'll talk about it with Infinity War, but it's a perfect pairing of him to be paired up with the Guardians. You know, it just oh, kind of yeah. blends yeah. those two together. And that's, I mean, we're going to talk about that, obviously, when we talk about Infinity War. Um, but let's talk about just, I guess, some of the moments of the movie. I mean, one of the first things we see kind of early on is, of course, that Loki has kind of been running the show while he's, <laughs> while he's been gone. And we got a, a great um, cameo by Matt Damon, you know, in the movie. Yeah. That whole scene is just an yeah. awesome, awesome scene where they're kind of putting Not just on the scene Matt Damon, the but Loki. like... The other Hemsworth, yeah, yep. yeah, his there. older brother, yeah, yeah, uh -huh. yeah. And uh, well, who uh, who plays Odin? Um, um, Jurassic Park dude. Um, oh, crap, Sam Neil, is it? There you go, Sam yeah. Neil. Sam yeah, Neil. yeah, yeah. It, just full, full of, and I think Anthony Hopkins playing Odin playing yes. Loki is <laughs> one of my yes. favorite so little. He's like, oh shit, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Stars there. It's so perfect and like i uh i really wish we could just see more of odin but this is his uh this yeah. is his goodbye in the mcu yeah powerful scene too you know i mean obviously they're they're able to figure out where he is by going to see dr strange uh which is a great scene as well when they go back to earth and you know they get the note because basically strange realizes it. loki's there and he's like nope come I've, to me i've been falling for 30 minutes <laughs> <laughs> So good. But but that even kind of gave you some insight into Doctor Strange, you know, just thinking in the overall big picture that, yeah, at this point, he is now the Sorcerer Supreme mm -hmm. and he's overlooking everything that he's the quote unquote, the guardian of Earth. He was very aware that Odin had been there, but wasn't causing trouble. But now that Loki returned, he's like, look, if you get your father and your brother the heck out of here, I'll take you right to him. You know what I mean? So that was really good, too. Yep. Uh, and then of course, I mean, well, let's just talk about, I guess, kind of the villain, because this is a great spot. Because when he, when Odin passes away, it's kind of in his passing that he makes them aware of Hela. Hela. Yeah. And what do you guys think of this villain? We've talked about the MCU having a villain problem. What do you think of her? I think in her motivations. I mean, personally, for me, it just makes sense, right? If Odin leaves, that's going to leave the throne vacant. 
and you know somebody's well, got everyone is talking about it, right? odin being gone like even Surtur in the very beginning is like the throne's unprotected odin's not there yeah and he's like no what are you talking about like the ragnarok has already begun even before odin has died true so right yeah right um i i think it's odin leaving oh we were talking more about hella but i think yeah. obviously she's tied into the you know with odin leaving that mm -hmm. was her her being able to return i think her as a villain kate blanchett playing her love her and everything she's in i like hella but hella i think feels incomplete and who knows what they have in store with endgame or anything like that i feel like we've only seen part one of her at least i'm hoping because if this is all we got of hella it would be a little disappointing, in, in, in my opinion. I mean, she's the god of death. Obviously, you know, there's the potential of her interactions with Thanos and the overall big picture. You know, mm -hmm. you, you, you have hell. I mean, there's there's so many different things they can do with that character. And again, I've, I've said from the get, you don't cast an actress of her <laughs> stature and give her just kind of a one-off in an MCU I, movie. Man, you I was, thinking, I was just going to say the same thing, that when you cast Cate Blanchett, like... Yeah, <laughs> you're 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 putting her in a major role that's definitely going to be coming back at some point. So I, I can see them definitely casting her again at some point. And, and just just to skip way ahead to, to the very end, and I know we'll fill in the blanks, no, yeah. but when when Surtur is destroying Asgard and she's there and he puts his sword in, you know, to destroy it. You, if you look, you see her basically phase phase out of there. So she does escape. She does. She's not dead. She's still mm. out there somewhere. Yeah. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, I mean. With with Hela, I really liked overall how Taika took the vision of this movie and made it very like it's talked about multiple times in like the behind the scenes stuff, but it's very Jack Kirby, and yes, it yes. has top yeah, to bottom. Is. Even with Hela, Hela is just like straight out the comic books looks just like her character like piece and everything. Yeah. Like very like they were just like we're gonna do it. We're not gonna like mess around and you know put some sort of weird uh story behind it this is just what's what hella is like uh she did get a little bit combined with another uh villain from the comic books with like the the swords and stuff being mm -hmm. like materialized but i think it worked great and i think like her showing up on asgard after having been gone for so long no one knows who she is and she's just like i'm the goddess of death i'm odin's you know first child bow to me and they're all just like no hey, no well, none of us know you what what do you expect us and she's just like Ugh, and she just i'll do it all myself yep yeah great scene too man when she just like devastates everybody it's just a epic epic scene um uh i mean let's flip gears i guess away from asgard and talk about uh <laughs> you know the other <laughs> villain i guess if you want to say of this movie and that's of course jeff goldblum's character in the grand master um, I think just the, the whole setting of him and just his whole setup of who he is in that world and what that world represents. I mean, it, he is the grandmaster, but come on, it's Jeff Goldblum. I was going to say, Goldblum, right? Is the villain. Yeah, I, 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 the, the big joke with that was, is did Jeff Goldblum even know they were filming a movie? <laughs> I think that's just him normally. I just think that's how yeah. he just gets down and hangs out, you know? Oh, he was he was so good. Oh, so fantastic. good. And they've obviously already hinted that we'll get more of the Grandmaster, you know, down the road. You know, he's the brother of the Collector. He's a Celestial. The, the whole thing. So, again, these are other little characters that 
this is only part one for them. They're definitely going to play a bigger part down the road, in my opinion. And to kind of go back to something you just said a little bit ago, Swain, Sakar is ripped right out of the pages of Jack Kirby. That's that's just one of the things I really love what Taika Waititi did with this movie. It looked like a comic book movie through and through the entire time you're on Sakar. So the marketing, good. every even the posters, everything you saw about it, just it, it was bleeding color basically. Yeah. It was mm-hmm. again unlike any Thor movie up to this point. Every other Thor movie was very grounded in you know fantasy and and all that, and this was just the complete opposite, and it worked. You know, it seems like it was pretty much well received by everybody that saw it. Um, yeah. And and I mean we got to give give credit to uh, to Taika as well for playing a character in the movie. Playing He's, several characters, but but dude, the voice of Korg. I mean Korg is like was one of the guys <laughs> so that just good. stole the whole movie. I mean he is hey, hilarious. Man. Yeah, hey man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's like I'm just who's he carrying around? What's his little buddy's name? Uh, uh, Meek. Meek. Yeah. Oh yeah. Meek's dead. Oh well. And then he like wakes up. Oh, he's not dead. <laughs> now so I have to. I have to interject in the middle of a Thor Ragnarok thing about Sakaar specifically. So I have a wacky theory. Mm-hmm. Okay. What if, so, because again, remember, the only way that people have been able to get to Sakaar is through the quote unquote devil's anus, right? That's how they arrive and that's how they leave. So there's some weird wormhole dimension thing going on. Now, if you go back to the scene where you got Thor, Odin, Loki, and then obviously Hela shows up and they fight Hela. Which, by the way, we didn't even talk about. She just she just destroys Molnir. I mean, like, wow! Oh my god, yeah. How, how powerful she it. is. But when they're on the you know on the the Bifrost, going back to Asgard, and they get in the fight with her, Loki, you know, Loki tries to stab her. He you know falls through, and then a few minutes later, Thor does as well. Well, remember when Loki gets there? He had been there for weeks before. Thor got there, but only minutes had passed behind the Bifrost, right? You even have the Grandmaster mention that, hey, here, you know, I'm whatever age, but out there, you know, I, you know, out there I'd be millions of years old, but here, and then he just kind of does the weird Jeff Goldblum <laughs> pause, hilarious. What if Sakaar is in the quantum realm or in another dimension? Mm, oh, maybe. And maybe that plays into Endgame, because I don't know if you know... Um, one of the they were considering a, as a post credit scene for Captain Marvel was that um, Yan 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 Ru that's how you say his name. But anyways, um, he Jude Law's character he was going to end up on Sakar when Captain uh, Marvel Yon-Rog. sent him off. It's Yan Rog, thank you. He was going to end up on Sakar. That hmm. was going to be part of the end credit thing. So it, it just just a little some friend game, just a little thing out there. It obviously doesn't live in our current time and space, Sakar, wherever it is. Could that potentially be another dimension or even the quantum realm itself? Just something to think about. Yeah, well, sorry, that would be sorry, a place, a place yeah. where like Thanos would get like banished to. You know, we yeah. just hate every minute of it. You know, I could just yeah. see that being a place that he ends up at. Yeah. Um, which, by the way, was his face one of the faces on the tower? I don't. There was one so. that looked eerily like him, but not quite. Like it didn't look like now, it went all the way. Maybe I, I couldn't tell if it was just a kind of a scroll or what. But there was a, now, definitely. My son immediately was like, "That was Thanos's face," and we kind of rewound it a little bit. And I was like, "I don't know." But now Beta Ray Bill is up there. Yeah, he was a former chap. So there was a shout out to Beta Ray Bill, and they even at one point considered having him in this movie and then mm-hmm. cut it out. Interesting. So he exists. So he exists in the MCU. So that's yeah. another thing. Uh, let's see what else. Let's talk about obviously the big, the big scene that was all over the trailers. Of course, is the big Thor Hulk fight. 
Um, you know, you got the great callback to when Hulk grabs Thor and is slamming him back and forth. And, you know, Loki gets all excited, seeing like, ah, now he knows how it feels, which is the throwback, of course, uh, to Avengers. Um, I mean, that moment, I think, was great. I kind of wish they didn't spoil it in a lot of the trailers, but I think I they agree. knew the Hulk was going to be in this movie. And so yeah. they, I think they just kind of felt they needed to do that. Uh, but kind of, I think kind of in hindsight now, just knowing how good the movie was, probably wasn't needed because I think the word of mouth and just uh, how fantastic the movie was would have just kind of spread regardless. Um, but uh, ex- excellent moment. My kids actually had never seen it, and they didn't know. So when we, when we watched it, I mean, they were just mind-blown, like, oh, my God, it's the Hulk. We kept asking them, like, do you know who it is? Do you know who it is? And then, of course, when he comes busting out, it was <laughs> awesome. Uh, but I, I do wish they were able to keep that kind of under wraps because I think that was that's uh, that's honestly one of the best moments of the whole film, I think. Yeah, I think, I think part of it was this Ragnarok needed to be sold. To people yeah. after mm-hmm. Dark yep. World. It was of just course. simply that. Like yep. people needed to know that there was much more going on in this movie than just Thor being trapped and having a haircut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um But yeah, I mean like there there's a great moment in this fight that actually Chris Hemsworth just talked about on Jimmy Kimmel. Uh, yeah. And yep. uh it's the the uh he's a friend from work line was actually just from a kid who was on set for that day that's awesome and he was like they were just like i guess they were improving the moments there and he's like oh what if you say like oh he's a friend from work and it like <laughs> turned out to be one of the funniest lines of the movie yeah. like just like very like dryly like thrown out there <laughs> and and it was a kid i don't think he specifically said make a wish but it was a kid that was very was sick that was very that. sick oh, yeah very awesome. similar that they had come on so maybe the australian version of make a wish so that made it even cooler that hey the sick kid he's getting his dream to be on set and he gives one of the most awesome lines in the movie. <laughs> came from that and they kept it in there so so freaking good now the one thing about hulk i i, I love the whole like you said Loki, that's how it feels. I love that whole thing. But <laughs> we're finally introduced to an intel- somewhat intelligent Hulk. He can speak. Because I love the whole thing where he's calling him Banner. Hey, Banner. And he's like, no Banner, no only Banner. Hulk. And he's like, wait, wait, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, yeah. that whole thing. And then he tries to do, hey, sun's, sun's getting low and that whole thing. Yeah, and the whole Black Widow thing. Slam- oh, dude, it was so no. freaking good. I, I love that fight between them two. And then I love when he becomes Banner. And then he puts on Tony's clothes and he's like, yes, how does yes. Tony wear these pants? He's grabbing his crotch yeah, like the yeah. whole time. Oh, it's, it's... And, and I even I even love because because even like right before that returns to Banner, obviously we get like I, I really wish we could get another Thor movie. And it's just Thor and Hulk just hanging out like it's 48 hours or something. Right. The, the total <laughs> yeah. buddy cop movie. It would be awesome because I love the whole exchange <laughs> with Thor and Hulk and oh, you're you're the you're stupid Avenger and all that. And they're getting mad and throwing and fighting each other. And uh, it was so good. And then, you know, and, and, you know, the and that, again, another one they gave away in the trailer, you know, Hulk like fire, Thor like water. And he's like, mm, I like fire. And he's like, but Hulk like raging fire, you know, <laughs> so freaking good. So good. I'm I'm really excited to see uh, Hulk's like storyline kind of play out throughout this. What What's left in Endgame yeah. because like we had the struggle where like you could see that Banner was in charge. He had the control of the wheel and he could mm-hmm. call on the Hulk and they kind of had an understanding. It was he was an Avenger on call at one point. And then you saw through Age of Ultron, eh, not so much anymore. He wants eh, the Hulk finally gets control and is like, I'm going to keep control. Mm-hmm. And he does for a long time through Ragnarok. 
then as soon as Banner gets control back, it's the other way. Like he doesn't want yeah. to share like this. You, there's something going on there where they they don't want to share the same body essentially. Well, I, I think it's because Hulk finally got got like like Banner said got to take the wheel for for years a long at time, this point, yeah. right? A long time. Yeah. He is now completely his own person. He is yeah. an individual, and he, yeah, he doesn't want to share this body with Puny Banner. He doesn't want that when Banner calls upon him, he just all right, I'm here to help you. You know, obviously the the subplot coming from Infinity War. So, like you said, going into Endgame, it'll be interesting. But one thing that has always bugged me. Um, going from Ragnarok into Infinity War was Banner obviously was extremely concerned about turning into the Hulk again because he was like, I may never come back, right? They yeah. never, like, never even addressed an Infinity no, War. No, they don't. Like, no. it, was, it was not even an issue. I mean, he was clearly trying to turn into the Hulk. And maybe, you know, he has a hero moment at the end of Ragnarok, and maybe that's now he's like, hey, this, he's just a part of me. I have to accept it. But it was just interesting they didn't do that. So like like you said, Swain, I really hope in Endgame they they really flesh this out and kind of give this uh, an ultimate conclusion. But at the same time, I know the rumors have been Professor Hulk. I kind of don't want that in the sense that we've established this Hulk in Ragnarok. And I freaking love this, this Hulk, This Hulk is man. great, I, I, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I want more of this Hulk. I don't want just Banner and Hulk's body. I hope there's still some back and forth between Banner and, and this Hulk and not just, oh, we just got super smart Professor Hulk the whole time in Endgame or, or, or even beyond that. But I, um, I, I think a lot of this Hulk, for me, Paris, like personifies what I, when I think of the Hulk, this is the yeah. Hulk. You know, that's like exactly. Hulk's, just where he's talking, but he's still kind of speaking in that, you know, yeah. almost, uh, I don't know, just broken. Very childlike. Very childlike, exactly. And, and you know, not the raging Hulk, and, and he's not Professor Hulk where he's very intelligent, almost like Beast. You know, I, I, that's not the Hulk that I want. I, I want this Hulk. This Hulk is just great. Uh, but, you know, looking forward to what's coming, I don't know, you know, what, what that Hulk's going to be. Like you said, Banner not really wanting to change, and they don't address it in Infinity War when you think. I mean, he... he he just changes, really, I think, because he feels he has to. I mean, he, he changes, yeah. obviously, on the ship, fighting Thanos in the beginning of that movie. And then, you know, is, the is Hulk, though, trying to turn sits, the whole time. sits in this weird place where it's not necessarily a property they can just do whatever yeah. they want with, too. Yeah, right. That's true. It can't, he can't have his own movie. This was essentially a Hulk movie as well. Like, just right. kind of yeah. smashed together in a Thor movie. And... I could see them just kind of being like, all right, well, you aren't really willing to give us the rights fully so that we can do a Hulk movie. This is his Hulk movie. We're going to kind of run the gamut of all the different Hulks before we're done with them. Yeah. Because like we will see, you know, we saw essentially the, the Hulk go through all the different Hulk phases. And if the rumors are to be true, we're going to see him go through professor Hulk as well. So, hmm. Use up, use up everything. Use it while I can. I just, I just hope we get some form of World Breaker Hulk. Like something obviously happens in Endgame to where, so let's say he is Professor Hulk. Okay, that's fine. But we've not seen Hulk, <clears throat> excuse me, keep getting, because think about it. He's, his strength is infinite. He, he, the angrier he gets, the stronger he gets. So we've not seen that Hulk yet in the MCU at all. And I know we're getting way off topic from, from Ragnarok, but I hope 
that happens in Endgame, at least in some form, at least when he has his rematch mm-hmm. with Thanos. But circling back to, to Ragnarok proper, obviously, um, another great thing from Sakaar and just Thor's journey through that, we haven't even talked about Valkyrie yet, but right is, going, yep. yeah, was I love the Willy Wonka nod when <laughs> Thor is going in, in the chair to go meet the Grandmaster the first <laughs> yeah. time. So good. The music playing and everything, it's great. Uh, yeah, I mean, let's talk about Valkyrie. For sure. I mean, that you know, she is a, uh, a new character, obviously, introduced in this movie. She is a lush. I mean, the first thing we see, you know, the ship comes in and she's ready to, to capture Thor. She takes a big swig of the bottle and just stumbles down and falls down. So right away, you know, there's something with this character that um, she's pretty much unlike any character we've seen up to this point. I guess I guess you could say Tony's a drinker himself, too. But but she, you know, she's obviously a little bit more to some extent. Um, but, uh, what do you think of her and kind of her backstory? I think to me, that's, what's the most intriguing thing about her. The fact that, you know, the Valkyrie were there, um, in those early days of going all the way back to Asgard. And, um, you know, she kind of just feels like she's been burned, um, uh, by some of what do you think? Yeah. Of I mean, I, I, I loved her. I love, I loved her. Um, you know, she's obviously wasn't an, an elite Asgardian soldier at mm-hmm. one point, part of the elite guard. You went after went after Hela when Hela was becoming a threat to Odin, and obviously the the tragic thing that happened to all the other Valkyries when when they went after her. But uh, yeah, I mean, she was total badass. She n- didn't flinch when she she knew who Thor was. Didn't care. You know what yeah. I mean? She's like, look, I've resigned myself to be here in Sakar. Leave me alone. Let me be a drunk and do my thing. <laughs> but when but. You know, when when the time came and she had to write, when, look, when when she had become a part of the Revengers, <laughs> she was ready. Yeah, she was ready so. to go, man. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So. They, I mean, she kind of had this thing where she didn't want to be involved at all with like right. the family yep. of you know Thor and Odin and all the drama that comes with it, and she's just like, I'm done. Here's, you know, this place has done well for me. Uh, I, I'd like to keep that. Um, I, this that's one of those like weird like how did she not like how did so many people not know about Hella and it's it's for me it was just like suspending my belief for a little bit to be like okay I I can Ooh. believe that like no one from Asgard remembered Hella for like a second but like. You still had people like Valkyrie out there. What did, where did she go? Did she leave immediately? Go to Sakar? Like what happened yeah. between then and then uh, to basically erase you know Hela from you know I was everyone's say, it, memory? It seemed yeah. like that's essentially what they did. They just kind of cover. I mean, isn't there that scene where they kind of break the like the, the ceiling right, and you kind of see that painting yeah. underneath, and and you see then Hela on that. Um, and then was it to my understanding that Hela was basically imprisoned? somewhere right. and then it was odin's death that basically released her so i mean knowing yeah. that this was thousands of years ago or however long it was you know i i would kind of believe that that they were able to just kind of scrape her under the carpet and all those who really were living at the time either have passed or just you know like, like valkyrie are just in their own place now and odin just isn't going to freely tell people about it and so everybody sure. kind of forgets about it and it was a threat that odin probably knew about all along but just was never really prepared to face it himself, but knew that he had to at least have his sons be strong enough to fight it. And now, um, I don't know. What one thing about about Hela, which brings up something about Odin that was never really explored, obviously in the MCU. He's always been seen as this this royalty, this good guy, the you know king of Asgard, that whole thing. Um, Odin was probably the biggest villain in the universe at one point, even more so than Thanos. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because think about it. She points out that. 
where do you think all this gold and everything that you see <laughs> came from? I fought yeah. by his side. We were ruling the universe. I mean, there's even a crazy theory that Odin actually did go after the Infinity Stones at one point, right? And the imprisoned Hela was him sacrificing her to get the Soul Stone. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't hundred percent obviously believe that, but it's interesting to think of it that way that no, he didn't imprison her because, oh, he had to change her heart and wanted to be a good guy. He was trying to be even more ruthless than he already had been <laughs> and, and betrayed her. I mean, obviously he, he created Molnir, Molnir, I never say it right, but he created Molnir for her, not for Thor. Yeah. It was a hand me, it was a hand me down to Thor. I mean, there's, <laughs> there's this whole backstory with Odin that I, I would love to see them um, you know, uh, explore, you know, may, maybe way down the road at some point. But I mean, think about it. He was one of the most powerful characters in the universe. And we never actually got to see that on display from him. Yeah, and, we always he hear that he united the realms, but I think it was yeah. more like he conquered he the realms. He conquered them. They didn't really yeah, have a choice. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. I mean, you almost wonder that would be something that they could probably do or one of the, the streaming shows they could do where it was like a yeah. young Odin. Maybe almost, the Loki. You know? Yeah, Loki may dive into that a little bit. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, one of the best, I think, lines, just kind of mentioning, um, you know, the hammers or Mjolnir just made me think of it is when um, Thor's basically, you know, on his way out and he see he has that vision of Odin. And Odin tells him, he's like, you know, I, have, I don't have my hammer. What can I do? And he's just like, you're not the god of hammers. Like, that line is just awesome. And, and that whole scene yeah. of just when the lightning just comes down and he just puts out that big blast. And then that's when we finally see Thor not needing his hammer like he just is the god of thunder you know i mean and you get to see that on display and then that of course then leads even into when he finally appears at the end of infinity war and i mean of course he's got you know not mjolnir at that point but he still is able to just create this sonic blast of electricity i have one other little like plot hole that i'm just like i'm gonna let slide for for the sake of it but it's when uh, Hela is walking through Odin's vault and she's like fake and yeah, just like the, the and she's like that's not bad she walks past the space stone she could have left Asgard using the space stone like like it was right there yeah. like you don't need the you don't need the sword to get off of Asgard to go conquer the realms you had the, an infinity stone right there i don't know she hmm. she seemed to know kind of what it was but she knew what the that the Infinity Gauntlet was fake. I don't know. I I'm gonna let it slide for the fact that like the whole movie is great and it you know provided more. <laughs> but still, I yeah, sat there and I went. No, go ahead. Mm. Go ahead. I think you were gonna say what? Just at that point, you've seen so much that you're just gonna let it slide. Yeah. basically. I'm, I enjoyed it enough that yeah. it it's not it's not gonna ruin the movie. So. <laughs> Yeah, all, yeah, and all I was going to say to follow up on that was that at this point in the in the game of the MCU, they were like, "Look, it's very convenient that she would let it slide because we got bigger plans, yeah. you know, for the Infinity Stones." I mean, especially, I mean, let's let's talk about, I guess, the the post credit scenes. I mean, obviously, we get the scene we see Thor and Loki overlooking, you know, off the um, the edge of their ship, essentially, because that basically Asgard now is no longer a place; it is more just the people, and they're just kind of wondering what's to come. And then we all know what's here to come because we see the massive ship 
of Thanos appear there on the horizon. And, and you know, so yeah, just, just to kind of nod to that. They were just like, hey, whatever. We don't even care because everybody knows Thanos is coming and you're even going to see his ship at the end of this movie. It takes a very hard right turn. <laughs> it's like, oh, hopeful. Yeah. Oh, no. Uh, not at all. Yep. Uh, yeah. And then, of course, the second scene you have is the one with um, uh, Grandmaster, right? And uh, uh, Jeff Goldblum at the very end. Yeah. Um, what about the Stan Lee scene from this is when Man, he's the barber right so good i love thor's long hair and this may be bummed i guess he looks all right <laughs> with the short hair but like thor is like long hair blonde i don't know it's that Do we know i, I feel was, some type of way was there a moment in the comics maybe in the 70s or 80s where thor did get short hair and was stand because I, I mean this is me just come, making this up right now i have no idea if this happened but i almost wonder if there was a nod to stan maybe being the one to make that decision in the comics. Mm -hmm. So they kind of had Stan be the one to do it in the movie. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with you. I like Thor with the long hair. I mean, that's, that's classic Thor. Yeah. Uh, there was a comic line. And, and again, I wasn't a big Thor guy with, with the comics, but I remember seeing a Thor comic where he did have short hair, but when he, he was no longer worthy. And I forget, I forget what that series was of Thor, but in that one, yeah, he had yeah. short hair because, because he was no longer worthy for, you know, for being the heir to Asgard or whatever it was. Yeah. Uh, all right. But well, what other uh, takeaways do you guys think kind of come away from this moving into just end game and kind of the MCU moving forward? Mine, mine is Hela's power level because even once, like you said, he's not the God of hammers, right? Once he embraced that the power came from within and we obviously get the, the awesome montage. Hey, we didn't even talk about the, the music in it. Led oh, Zeppelin, that whole Zeppelin thing was awesome. Cranking. Yeah. Yeah. It was so good. But, even that thing, and then he he loses his eye, obviously, yep. you know, in, in the fight. But even once he powers up, he still can't defeat her. He has to use use uh, Surtur, basically destroying Asgard, to get rid of her. So even at his max power level, Thor was still no match for Hela. So again, I, I really think there's a part two to her story coming down the road. And then, you know, even just sticking on that. Again, I, I just love Hulk. I love how Hulk comes in. He sees Surtur, doesn't hesitate. He jumps up to try and take him out. And they're like, no, you idiot. Let him go. <laughs> he goes, but monster, you know, Hulk fight monster. And, you know, that was so good. I, I just love this movie. It, yeah. it, it is like, again, when I break down my top five MCU movies, it, it's right in there, you know, in whatever yeah. order. But it, it was so good. Such a breath of fresh air it was. Mm -hmm. yep. What are you saying? Top five for sure. Probably even for me personally, top three. Wow. Because really? it just kind of really hit all of the things I like and my humor perfectly. For like, and I can un completely understand if someone else is like, yeah, no, it's not not for me. And some people didn't like the you know some of the slapsticky humor type things, but like that's right up my alley and I love it. Um, the only thing I take away from this is that. I don't want Thor storyline to end with Endgame. I want more Thor. Yes. 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 I want more Taika. Even if Taika doesn't direct a, a Thor uh, movie after this, I just want him to do another like MCU movie down the line because this was just like way up my alley. All the humor was just like exactly what I like. And yeah, no, please like, don't let Thor be one of the ones that ends it up. <laughs> ends you know, up, uh, I, I almost wonder what a Thor movie without 
Asgard would be. You know, it seems like when you well, look at all three of those movies, that was always at least the like the home base, if you want to say. You know, where he he always had to go back there for some reason. This movie, obviously, it's kind of through most of it, he thinks he's just really kind of trying to get back there to defend it. But in the end, I mean, it's really to cause Ragnarok. But there's a isn't there a storyline where they bring? I'm almost certain there's a storyline where they bring Asgard to Earth. Yes, and they end Oklahoma. up Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Uh-huh. Yeah, hmm. um, and it's could be swapped with what Odin said in this movie, where he's like, when they're in Norway, and he's like, remember this, this is home, and that like kind of was just like, oh man, uh, maybe that's maybe where that's what they do, yeah, maybe that's where Thor ends up taking you know the refugees because mm-hmm. there's also rumor that you know uh, Thanos didn't kill everyone that was on that ship, and obviously we've seen some promotional material with Valkyrie. Uh, in the uh, Endgame promo- promos, so and she isn't dusted from what we've seen in the uh, the two different types of mm-hmm. uh, promos, Posters. where it's like yep. the the gray and the color, and it's like oh well maybe there's some Asgardians out there and she's the one yeah. with them and hopefully yeah, uh, I hope she is the, the the Russo brothers confirmed that you're like you said Valkyrie didn't get dusted that Valkyrie Korg and Meek led a group of people to get off the ship. So there are a group of Asgardians that did get off that ship and, and didn't die. But even if you think about that, how tragic is it for Thor and, and all the Asgardians? Thanos kills half of them right there on the ship, right? Mm-hmm. Then he does the snap, kills another half of them. So there's only 25% of the Asgardians left. Ugh. <laughs> Terrible. A perfect yeah. amount not to disturb Earth. Yeah. Wow. All right. Well, let's wrap it up there with Thor Ragnarok, everybody. Next episode, we will be talking about Black Panther. We're getting so close, guys. I mean, I, I was thinking this. We have, what, after Black Panther, just two more? Two more, right? Black Panther yeah, happened yeah. last year. I know. Yeah. A little over a year ago. Bananas. So uh, don't forget you can follow us on Twitter at MCU Rewatch and email us mcurewatch at gmail.com. And, of course, give us a like or review on whatever podcast service of choice you're listening to the show on. That helps move the show up. And, uh, yeah, we're just a few weeks away here. So uh, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. And with that, we'll catch you next episode. Later. Later.